Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian, a ministry resource of Journey Church International here in Lee Summit. My name is Ryan, and I serve as the Connections Pastor at Journey. We've started a new series recently called The Way of Jesus, and we're studying the book of Matthew. Uh, and we've been we've been looking at the teachings of Jesus and what are known as the Beatitudes. This week's message is called The Blessing of the Merciful. So we'll be talking with Pastor Christian in depth about the message and other uh, ways to grow in your faith, how to activate your faith. We uh, That's why we call it Activate. We hope this helps activate your faith, not only today, but in days and years to come. Pastor Christian, thanks for being on the podcast today. And uh, as we follow up to last week's message on righteousness, I wanted to take a moment, um, and you did this a little bit in your message today, but can you can you take a moment to reiterate our love for those who have in the past or maybe even are currently struggling with in the sin of, as you mentioned last week, lust, fornication, adultery, and homosexuality? Yeah, so you miss pornography. I mean, we might as well start off yeah, with a start off that with one a big one, right? Yeah, yes. start off with a heavyweight. So before we jump in, so it just um you and I just realized that our technical producer on this podcast, Alex, has never seen the movie Tombstone. Yeah, that was disappointing. Um and I and it, is it have you never seen the movie Top Gun either? Have you never seen the movie Top Gun? Okay. okay. So we're getting there. Okay. But you, so Ryan, your name in high school, your nickname in high school was Huckleberry. Huckleberry. Because of yep. that movie, I'm your Huckleberry. Yeah. Which means if generations like Alex continue not to watch that movie, you're going to be like the picture on um, Back to the Future. Have you seen Back to the Future, Alex? Okay. Like your hand is already disappearing. When yes. your nickname goes, yeah. eventually you're I not going to be. You're not going to be important. I'm no, wrong, I'm no longer relevant. <laughs> you are no longer relevant at all. So Alex, please, sometime between now and Christmas. Watch Tombstone yes. and, and let us know what you think about yes, it. Okay. Um, back to your question. Can I reiterate um, our love for the, for those who have lived in sexual sin? Ryan, one, um, people don't need our love. Can I can I reiterate God's love for the world? That, that's how I would reframe the question. Can I can I reiterate God's love for the world? John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son." That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says that the gift of the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Um, Ryan, there's not a there's not a person alive who has not committed some type of sin. Most, especially in our in our culture, in our American culture, since the 50s and 60s of the sexual revolution, have lived in some type of sexual sin and brokenness. Not everyone, but most. And the reality is, does does God still love people? Of course. Um, which means, as followers of Jesus, we are we are absolutely commanded to love people, um, but to but to say we love people spiritually while not telling them the truth of the gospel, while not giving them God's standards, is not being honest. I mean, it's just not being honest. Um, you know, I so I, I grew up in a small town in southern Ohio, two two lane roads everywhere. I mean, I I don't know. I I may have been in college before I drove on like a four lane divided highway. I mean, you know, two two lane country roads everywhere, double yellow line. Maybe every now and then you get a, a straight section with some white dashes and you get to pass. And I and I grew up both doing and knowing. I apologize to all of our law enforcement 
people who are listening to this podcast, but if you were to pass a cop traveling in one direction um, and someone were traveling back in the other direction, you would flash their lights at you would flash your lights at them to say, hey, there's a cop up ahead. You should probably slow, slow down. down. You would also when when you're raised in the country, you would do that if there were deer beside the road like you would if there were something you needed to be aware of. You give you give a little warning, take it or leave it. But, hey, I care about you. Um, want to warn you. I can't tell you how many probably speeding tickets I did not get because someone cared enough to say, hey, heads up. <laughs> Slow down. Um, there's some accountability ahead for those of us who follow and love Jesus. Not to care enough to say there's some accountability ahead. It's just unf- it's just unfair to those who we lead and who we love. And I think, I, you know, th- this really almost needed both messages last week and this week's to follow along because, you know, we've all had the Moses moment, right? The, the little Casey stomp moment of like, I can't do, I can't, I can't do that. Like if, yes, I want to, I want to be right with God, but if those are the standards, I can't, I just can't. I hunger and thirst for righteousness, but I can't meet the standards. What do I do? And God says, you lean into my mercy. You lean in, you lean into the reality, and, and there's three critical parts to it. You lean into the reality that, listen, I know how you're shaped sexually. Um, I stepped inside your skin so I would understand what it was like to, to be tempted in every way um, with lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. I know what it is to deeply desire something and need it in your flesh, 40 days without food, and then I was tempted like eat eat this, but not, not in the way God wants you to. I, I know what forbidden fruit tastes like, feels like. I even know the, des- I even know the desire for it. Um, and I've crawled back out of that skin to, to bring healing and to walk with you. And so that when you walk with me through the Holy spirit, it might not be easy, but you'll know, Hey, Jesus is here and he can help me. And he's, and he, and he knows my struggles and he knows, my passions and he knows my likes and my dislikes and he knows how I'm shaped and he's willing to love me anyway. He's willing to walk with me. Um, he sees my hurt. He's been in my skin. He's willing to walk with me and bring healing to my life. I mean, in in all of those areas, um, yes, God's love is huge. Yes. Our love is open. Of course, our church doors are open, but there, but it would be wrong of us to introduce you to a God who has standards and to not tell you those standards. Like, what kind of friend? What kind of friend would you be if that was the reality? I think what we said last week is really important. The first step, if you don't know Jesus, is to receive Him as Savior, because until you receive Him as Savior, you have you have no even you have no desire to fulfill the standard. So too often, I think the church presents the standards before the Savior. People think I can't do that; they walk away. Present the Savior. Once Jesus becomes your friend and you realize he's lived in your skin, he knows you deeply, passionately, loves you, cares about you, he can bring healing to your life, um, then then you can begin in a loving, trusting relationship to walk forward in some of those areas. Thanks for clarifying that. I just wanted to make sure those listening, those who'd uh, heard the message last week, knew our heart and understood why we are flashing our lights at people ahead so they can understand. Um, empathy is such an important part of being merciful, uh, as you talked about in the message, you give a definition that reminds me of the movie Men in Black, and I'm not. Maybe Alex has seen that movie. Alex, have you seen Men in Black? All right, okay, we're getting so, we're getting okay. a little more current. All right, we're we're moving forward here. You know, of course, with Will Smith, there's this there's this. When you said this description, there's this there's this alien bug looking, uh, crazy looking thing, and he crawls into the skin of a human so he can disguise himself. And here's the definition you gave. 
to crawl inside someone's skin until you can feel exactly what they're feeling and then to crawl out and do something about it. Yeah. That's such a great definition of empathy. It's not easy, right? I know some people have the gift of mercy, but it's clear that Jesus wants all of us to be merciful. How how can we get better at empathy so we, we don't just say, I don't have the gift of mercy? Well, I would say this. I mean, one, a study of mercy is going to do that um, for for this reason. You know, we kind of we kind of taught this truth in an in the inverse of how it was presented to us today. We taught mercy, and then we taught merciful, and then we kind of and then we kind of spit it back out. And you know, being being merciful invites more people into mercy. You say, how do we get people to be merciful? Um, one, you got to receive it. I mean, I I'm I'm convinced. You cannot give mercy until you've received it. So I think you you study, you say, how, how can I begin to empathize with people in a way that makes me merciful? You've got to kind of, de- you got to kind of deconstruct the mercy process for you. When did you realize God knew your hurts? When did you understand he crawled inside your skin so that he could identify exactly what they were? How has he begun to heal heal you and walk with you through those hurts? And as you begin to see that, you can begin to become that in somebody else's life. Um, but as you as you begin to see the process of mercy, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. As you begin to see it, you think, wow, I need that every day. So for Christians who, like Jeremiah, want to see and receive God's mercies new every morning, Jesus said, here is the key to receiving mercy every day. Be merciful. So I think a, a lot of our um, a lot of our motivation for showing mercy to others can be the desire of mercy in our life, especially when we understand Jesus' teaching that if you want to keep receiving it, you ha- you have to give it. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. So I think I think a lot of it could be selfishly motivated, um, and then I I think. Another another way to get some motivation for it is just be willing to do bite-sized things, right? We gave a list of 10 today, things you could do. Some of those are real. I mean, some of those are are just moment by moment. I mean, some of them might take an hour, but some of them are 30 seconds. Some of them are 60 seconds. Some of them are, are 10 minute kind of, kind of mercy touches. And I think if we just get real, um, if, if we get comfortable with doing something, even though it's not everything, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I can't do everything, I'm not going to do anything. It's like, no, 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 do do something. Remember the Mother Teresa, when you look at the masses of, you know, people, how can you think you're making any difference at all? And she said, I, I just help one and I start with the one closest to me. Um, you say, man, I like, I want to be, I want to be merciful, but I, I, you know, I can't solve all the world's problems. Well, you don't have to, you don't even have to serve, you don't even have to serve, you don't even have to solve all of one person's problem. Find one part of one problem. Um, and step into it and just do that one one day at a time. Show mercy to one person. Start with someone close to you in in one little thing. Um, and, I, and I promise that will have the impact. Again, what, what impact do you want to have? You want to have a twofold impact. One, you want them to receive mercy. You want, them to f- you want them to feel your love from you like you feel love from Jesus. But more than that, you want your little touches of mercy to open their heart to the bigger reality that what you're doing on a temporary basis, Jesus can do on an eternal basis. Um, and even the motivation behind what you're doing is that, like Paul said, your life can be an example. So they can see you, feel you, feel your mercy, 
eventually see through that to Jesus and inherit eternal life. Um, you mentioned something early on. And when I, when I felt God's mercy as an early 20-something for a life that was a drunk, a womanizer, when I felt his mercy that he could love me, and then he wanted to change me, but he could love me. He didn't chastise me. He didn't, uh, no one stopped me at the door from coming in. When I felt that mercy and then I received his salvation, I received his forgiveness, I now have huge amounts of mercy for people struggling in those mm-hmm. areas. I want to mm-hmm. help people there, which same with kind of the things you listed before. Since all of us have struggled with many of those, the hope is that, and the reason we are a church that loves people because so many of our people have struggled in those areas and have found transformation through Jesus. And now I believe we're a merciful church. We're a church that loves people and welcomes those who have been struggling with a variety of things. Um, in last week's sermon, you, you had to say, this won't be easy. And in this week, you made the statement that last week began the, I'm not sure if I can do it portion of the of following Jesus, and this week shows you how you will and who you'll be, who you will become as you do. Sometimes a, a challenge that righteous people battle is having a a posture of judgment towards others. Why is the how and the who statement I quoted above important as we strive for righteousness? So I think the the picture of Moses um, coming down Sinai, Moses in need of mercy. Right, we studied a few weeks ago Moses the meek. I think the picture of Moses in need of mercy would have been a really powerful picture to the people of Israel 2,000 years ago as Jesus taught. And I think this needs to be a, a powerful picture of us. So all of Matthew chapter 5, as we as we get through Christmas and then we just begin to continue to work our way through the book of Matthew, we're going to hear Jesus say over and over in this Sermon on the Mount, Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees. At the time of Jesus, the Pharisees were walking around holding their tablets very high um, and very publicly, right? So so Moses came down the mountain with the tablets and, and threw them down and said, we can't keep... It was a beautiful picture of the brokenness of the reality that we can't meet God's standards. Moses literally couldn't, he couldn't make it all the way down the mountain before realizing we can't do this. And then that posture of humility that had him enter a conversation with God, where God says, I'm going to, I'm going to have mercy. I'm going to have mercy. I'm going to show compassion. Moses wouldn't have needed that until the commandments became too heavy for him to carry. Because if he'd have been doing it in his own flesh, he wouldn't have needed mercy or compassion. He would have just needed direction. And the people in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 that Jesus was speaking to were living under spiritual leaders that said, you don't need mercy and compassion. You have direction. Follow the direction and you'll be okay. Jesus said, you you make your tablets really, really big. All right, he called them phylacteries. He called them tassels. The phylacteries were the boxes that they would wear on their heads that had scripture in them. He said, man, yours are bigger than like a cowboy hat because you want everyone to know I'm carrying the commandments and you make your prayer tassels long because you want everyone to see I'm praying. You are telling people, look at me, look at me, look at me. Jesus said, I'm looking at you and I'm seeing not good enough. I'm saying, look at God. And when you look at God, when your standard is Jesus, when your standard is Jesus, we have too many Christians in the world, their standard is Judas. And it's like, 
I'm better than him, so I guess I can be a disciple. It's like, like wrong standard. The standard is not Judas, it's Jesus. Um, when that's the standard, you can't help but do the Casey stomp and say, I guess my only way forward is mercy and compassion. I guess my only way forward is grace and faith. I guess my only way forward is God doing this on my behalf. I guess my only way forward is a total admission of failure so I can begin to succeed the way Jesus has called me. And when you do that, you just that that opens up the race for a whole lot of people. When you say the starting gate is not who can carry their tab, you know, who can carry their tablets the the furthest, um, but the starting gate is who admits they can't carry them at all, who admits that they're broken. When that becomes a starting line of the race, um, it, it becomes it becomes a race a lot more people can run in, and the leaders can run beside the people. In the exact same race, the leaders aren't in the in the stands cheering them on, thinking, "Well, when you get in shape, you can come in, be in my race." Um, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees just they just were the opposite of Moses. And Jesus said, "You got to become more like Moses. You got to you got to become poor in spirit, um, because when when you demand mercy to live in a relationship with me." you will freely give mercy to everyone who lives in a relationship with you. Not because they deserve it, not because they've earned it, but because you realize that's what relationships in a broken world take. They take, they take mercy. It takes mercy to live in a relationship with God. It takes mercy to live in a relationship with people. It takes mercy to have a good marriage. It takes mercy to continue to live in a relationship with your kids. It takes mercy to continue to live in a relationship with adult parents and friends and neighbors and in-laws and outlaws. Um, it takes mercy. So when you realize your relationship with God takes mercy, you realize the rest of them take mercy as well. And hopefully you'll be merciful. And by doing that, like Jeremiah, just receive new mercies um, every day. If you only receive mercy on the day you have to give mercy, you'll receive mercy every day of yeah. your life. <laughs> right. Yep. A- amen. Uh, you, you give 10 ways. You kind of mentioned that to be merciful this week. How in this time in our country... Could this be a tremendous way to show Jesus to others? <laughs> um, gosh, I'm just lit. So you've printed out this list here for me. Um, Ten ways to be merciful this week. How um, could could we show Jesus in a in a big way? I think five and six on this list. Give less punishment than is deserved. Give more help than is deserved. Um, I think I think those are going to get attention those are going to to soften conversation which can then soften hearts um i think to to go the extra mile give a little more than you absolutely have to um in in the areas of serving and loving and grace and patience and then giving a little less punishment than is deserved um, choosing to write off wrongs, choosing to give a little more time for rights. Um, number eight on this list, give somebody another chance. Um, like, I just don't know that I would try to make one long-term decision about people in 2020. Because, 20, I mean, like, it's just a hard year, right? It's a hard year. Um, and Jesus is doing his best work in this year. And people are growing at their greatest clip in this year. But you could probably in 2020 
make a long-term decision about a person that you might regret in two or three years. So I, th- I, I, I think saying, Hey, I'm going to give somebody another chance. And I, I even think this, I, I think you could say, Hey, once this COVID thing is over, which might be summer of 2021, which might be 2022, we're just going to pick up where we left off. We're going to, we're going to act like from March 11, 2020, when COVID took the world by storm until it goes away, I'm just going to live in grace in every relationship with I have in, in between those seasons. Um, I think that is being merciful. And I think if, if we can do that in this kind of crazy year on the, on the back end, there's going to be so much growth, um, so much hope. So, you know, so much depth to, to friendship. So I, I would say, I mean, those three things are big, give less punishment that's than is deserved, give more help than is deserved. Give somebody another chance I think are big. I know during 21 days of prayer, there was a, uh couple of times where we we said pray for the person who thinks differently about a variety of different topics the election yeah. right what's going on in our country race wise what's going on in our country covid wise and and you know whether it be offering grace or mercy boy how big will that be if the body of Christ around the world loves like that shows the Jesus type of mercy I think will Ryan make, I want that. I want that yeah I want people to treat me with that type of grace and mercy mm-hmm I mean, I like, like, like we're, we're driving in the fog. We're, I mean, like we're, we're like, we're flying. Our instruments are out. Like we're leading. I'll speak personally. I am leading my family, my children, our staff, our elders, our church through this. And I don't, I don't want to say I'm guessing because we got lots of, we got lots of good helpers, lots of good coaches, lots of good pastors, lots of good advisors, Lots of wisdom, lots of prayer, lots of, but it's uncharted territories. We all are doing the very best at making decisions that haven't been made before. I pray everyone gives me so much grace and mercy to, to be wrong or to be less than right or to, to be slow or to be too fast or to, um, you know, I mean, just, just in every decision I make, I, I think, this is a time where I want, I'm hoping people will give me more grace and mercy than they ever have. And I got to be willing to, I got to be willing to give that to others as well. Yeah. Amen. Well, the election's Tuesday. Uh, so last question, how are you praying for our country this week? So I'm praying Jesus comes back <laughs> so that we can, so we can be done. <laughs> yeah. Is that a good answer? Like, yeah. <laughs> can I give that answer? I'm praying yeah. that, yeah, mm-hmm. like at midnight on Monday. Yeah. Maranatha, the Lord comes back and we all go to heaven and we don't have to think about it. No. Um, you know what I'd like, you know what I'd like to see happen? So I was a government history major. I was going to be a uh, government history teacher before. I noticed you like history a few weeks yeah, ago. L- yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Love history. Um, so, you know, in the early days of America, two guys would run for president and the loser would have to be the vice president. That's what I would like to see happen wow. in this election. I would like to see the Trump, Biden, Biden, Trump, whatever ticket, go have to learn to get along in the White House (laughs) and see how they could run this country. There was something to doing that. I'm not sure if when Aaron Burr and someone else killed each other in a duel, they thought, okay, we should probably quit doing that. But, um, it just be interesting. Yeah. It might be a duel on the lawn. In my, in my flesh. Yeah. I would, I would. I would love to see people forced to get along, starting with me. Just like be quiet, learn, listen. Let's find some common ground to, to move forward. Um, what, I, what I'm praying for our country is I, I'm just praying that people of faith um, 
will stick really close to Jesus. I'm praying that the gospel will continue to be a light. I'm praying that people who don't know Jesus would come to find Jesus through this. Um, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't look at America as savior any more than the people of Israel were supposed to look at Israel as a savior. I look to Jesus as, as my savior. Um, and you know, and, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit at, at prayer tomorrow. Um, but I, I have complete trust that God is in control and that regardless of what happens in the election, he's working his plans for good to those who love him, to those who know him, to those who are called according to his purpose. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Um, but I'm, I'm going to wake up on Wednesday morning and I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to pray and I'm going to love my wife and kids and I'm going to come in. We get staff meeting on Wednesday. I'm going to lead our staff. And then next Sunday I'm going to show up and I'm going to open Matthew chapter five and I'm going to worship Jesus with our worship team. And then I'm going to study the Bible. Uh, and then I'm going to try to apply that to my life and just keep living for Jesus until he comes back that I, I'm praying that every, that every Christian has that type of mindset and regardless of who wins and what, what that might mean for, um, for Christian freedoms, Christian rights, cultural Christianity, um, you know, or, or discrimination of, of those things that we just have every day, keep getting up, seeking, seeking mercy, giving mercy and, and following Jesus. I mean, that's, um, that's my plan. Yeah. That's my, that's my plan anyway. That's, that's what I model. And that's, um, that's what I would encourage people to do. And, and I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll vote. I think, I think Christians, um, should vote. I don't think it's sinful not to, but I'll vote. Um, I'll watch the returns. I'll have opinions. I'll have 15 text message strands going on. Um, and at the end of the day, I'll, I'll get up and, and go live for Jesus. Amen. That's, uh, we are called to, uh, to be the light of the world and, and we've got to be the light in the midst of, uh, whatever happens. But yeah, Jesus uh, is in control and we'll continue to, to be praying all this week. So Pastor Christian, thanks for uh, sharing with us today on the podcast. We want to thank you for, for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in. Uh, next Sunday, either online or come here in person, either 8, 9.30 or 11. Um, if we can uh, answer a question for you, if you've got a comment for us, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We'd love to hear from you, especially perhaps how we are activating your faith. We'd also love for you to share this with others and rate us. Uh, that is a, a big help for us as well. It'd be a real blessing to us. Otherwise, we look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.